Welcome everyone back to NFL Study Hall. April's upon us and therefore it is time to talk the NFL Draft. We're going to throw four Saturday episodes in the month of April for preparation of the draft. We're going to do two divisions a week. And once the draft is over, we're jumping into summer, ladies and gentlemen. we got a lot of stuff planned for the summer. But for these next four weeks, Saturday, 10 o'clock, make sure you check it out. It's when these episodes are dropping. We're going to do two divisions from the NFL, break down each team and what they need for this upcoming draft Thursday, April 27th. We're going to go by cardinal direction each week. So today we got the south. Next week, we got the East. The week after that, we've got the North. And the week after that, we've got the West. So make sure to check it all out. For our first few teams, we're going to go into the AFC South. And if you guys checked out earlier this week, I did guest on a podcast, Jay's Fifth Down Podcast. Make sure you check it out. I already talked about the Texans, so everyone kind of knows what my thing is for the Texans, what they need and whatnot. So I'll go over this pretty quickly. What they've done so far, I think, is a pretty solid start. First of all, they really racked up their coaching staff, right? I'm talking head coach DeMarco Murray or head coach D'Amico Ryans. I apologize. Head coach D'Amico Ryans comes from the San Francisco 49ers, defensive-minded guy, especially in the trenches, which is where we need it most. I love his leadership. He's been, he got drafted by the Houston Texans. He knows this town. He knows this organization. I absolutely love the pickup. Matt Burke, defensive coordinator, does have uh, history in that when he was the former defensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. And then for offensive coordinator, you got Bobby Slowick, who is the former offensive passing game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. So D'Amico Ryans is bringing him over, and he's done an excellent job over there, especially with Brock Purdy as of lately. But he he knows how to deal with specialty players. He knows how to deal with a dual running back system, which I'll get to that in a second because the Houston Texans now have that. So Houston Texans on a coaching staff are doing great. I love how they basically cleared house and we're starting with a fresh start. And hopefully this is going to be the crew that leads us back into contention for this division, right? All right, let's go into the players. What they've done so far, I think is very good. You know, you lost Brandon Cooks, but you knew that was going to happen. Otherwise, you haven't really lost too many other key players. You re-signed Laramie Tunsil since he was a free agent. I think that is totally worth it. And then you pick up Robert Woods to replace Brandon Cooks. You also bring in Dalton Schultz. We finally now have a number one tight end, which I've been desperate for lately. Continue to stack that secondary with Jimmy Ward from the San Francisco 49ers. Get over Shaq Mason from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to help out with that offensive line. Sheldon Rankins from the New York Jets for that inside defensive interior. So there are definitely a lot of things that the Texans have done well. Also put in their... Uh, Devin Singletary from the Buffalo Bills. Again, that dual dual set running back. Devin Singletary, we obviously realized, was not a number one running back when he was in Buffalo. Now he's got Damian Pierce to work with. I really like that setup in the backfield. Hopefully, the offense can help us out because historically, we have not really been a great running team. So I, I'm really hoping that this little bit of revamped offensive line as well as this dual set running back system to help out with this rookie quarterback because we're going to need some help considering we have the number two overall pick and we'll most likely get a quarterback. Now, the argument's thrown out, who are you going to take? Well, really, in my opinion, it depends on what happens in that first pick with the Carolina Panthers, who I'll get to in a little bit later because they're in the NFC South. But it really doesn't matter if I'm a Houston Texans fan because I am going after either Brandon Cooks, or I'm sorry, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I am perfectly happy with either one. I probably would prefer Bryce Young just because I think he's more... NFL ready and he's got the looks and he's got the smarts and he's played harder teams while he was in college and he's a little bit quicker to help out with our uh, weaker offensive line but CJ Stroud is a menace he's at 6'3 huge cannon very accurate deep ball 
and I think that he would work also very well in this system. My thing is, if you get C.J. Stroud at number two, you better, because we also have the number 12 overall pick, you better get his buddy Smith Najiba from the wide receiver slot at Ohio State. That pairing, we have seen, as of lately, we've seen a ton of college quarterback wide receiver pairings that have worked out extremely well. I'm talking Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I'm talking Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Waddell. I think that has uh, also uh, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. I knew that was I knew I was missing one there. So quarterback wide receiver in their first year that could totally work. If you're stuck with or if you happen to get Bryce Young as that number two overall pick, I think Quinton Johnston, that wide receiver from TCU, who's a menace. He's like six five or something like that. He's a huge huge back. I think he would be the guy that you take at the number twelve spot because in my opinion. Even though Robert Woods is fantastic, he hasn't really, he's not really a number one wide receiver. He wasn't really able to take on that mantle when he was in Tennessee, and I think he needs some help. So I, I think another rookie for him would help out tremendously, and hopefully that rookie steps up and becomes that number one wide receiver. But I have loved what the Houston Texans have done so far. Give me a quarterback, number one, a wide receiver, number two, and I'm deciding between either an offensive lineman again because you got to keep boosting it up. We still... We were like middle of the pack last year, but I know we can do better. Or a linebacker because desperately needing help with that running, uh, stopping game. We were, I think, last last year with over 170 rushing yards allowed. So he can't have that happen. I know D'Amico Ryans can coach them well, but still would like some fresh faces there at the linebacker position. Overall, I've loved what the Houston Texans have done. All right, now going into some other teams in the AFC South. We'll start with the divisional champs, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, to say what they've done this offseason, it's not a lot. But honestly, they didn't really need to do a ton. They were very on the ragged edge. And honestly, had they picked up their speed middle of the season, we could have really seen them contend. But their biggest pickup, obviously, was Calvin Ridley at the wide receiver position. I think that is the right pickup. He was a menace when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. And I love how he's going to be stepping in there right next to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Your franchise tag, Evan Ingram, who blitzed onto the scene late in the year and really showed his true potential, which I love from him. But this team has an amazing offensive line. I don't think you needed to boost that very, very much. Um, the only really huge losses were Shaq Griffin and Marvin Jones Jr., who are both kind of later in their careers. I don't think they were huge losses. What you need in this offseason is a little bit more of the secondary spot. They got a little bit caught, deep ball, letting some receivers go. They were actually 28th in passing yards allowed per game next year. When you come from an AFC with huge, high-powering quarterbacks like Tua Tungvaluwa, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen, man, Aaron Rodgers might not be might be in the business now. You're going to have that secondary if you're going to compete in the postseason. So I really think this draft needs to go for secondary. I think they have a second-round pick. I'm not sure if they have a first-round pick. If it's a first-round, it's a very late first-rounder. So... Yes, they do. They have a, the 24th overall pick. So in my opinion, that's got to be somewhere either secondary or even interior defensive line because they only had, they were 26th in sacks per game last year. So really need to tighten up that defense a little bit. Again, not much. They were still very good by the end of the day, but I think that's where they need to go with that. And obviously, Jaguars haven't done much. They will be the, the favorite for the division. Trevor Lawrence absolutely came into his own, which I absolutely love to see from the man. It was just so great. Now he's got Calvin Ridley to go after it. Travis Etienne is healthy. So we we love what we're seeing from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, don't really need to change a ton. Bring in the weapons you need to. Draft well. This could be a crazy team next year. 
All right, the Tennessee Titans. Now, these last two teams in the AFC South, they've got some business they're working with, right? The Tennessee Titans, disappointing ending to the season last year, but they're showing a little bit of repair work. They honestly just have to stay healthy because if Ryan Tannehill had stayed healthy the entire rest of the year, you could see them holding on to the division, right? So let's go over who they lost. They lost some key offensive players in Robert Woods and Austin Hooper. That was a big blow at the tight end position that I'm not sure if they're going to be able to fill by the time the season is coming around. And then you go to the offensive line, you lose Ben Jones, you lose Dennis Daly, and then on the defense side, you lose Bud Dupree, right? But they have done a decent job of replacing these players. I'm talking for the linebacker spot to replace Bud Dupree, Aziz al Shair and Arden Key, and Luke Gifford. So we're really stacking that linebacker crew. We're really making it deep for that offensive line. You bring in Andre Dillard from the Philadelphia Eagles from our first-round pick, and Daniel Brunskill. And then on the cornerback spot to help out with that secondary, you got Sean Murphy bunting. So really, really stacking this defense. My biggest thing is the lack of weapons. Their number one wide receiver right now on the depth chart is Traylon Burks, who... No offense to Traylon Burks, had a decent year last year, but again, it was his rookie year, and he only went for 444 yards and one touchdown on 33 receptions. I really don't think he's going to be much help when it comes to your number one receiver, um, especially now that you lose Austin Hooper as a solid tight end. Obviously, this whole team revolves around Derrick Henry, but if Ryan Tannehill can stay healthy, I still think they need someone to help out with with the weapons, right? Their offensive line will be good. They beefed that up a little bit. Their secondary, they made sure to help out with. And so their defense was already pretty good last year. You're just helping it a lot more. And this team's going to, they're going to compete, but they're going to struggle unless they can get some serious muscle on the outside of this thing. I'm I'm talking they have to have some kind of receiver that they need help with. And other than that, They could go for the offensive line for the draft. They were 27th in sacks allowed per game last year, but I honestly think the Andre Dillard and Daniel Brunskill moves were pretty good. Um, They, they, again, could go for it, but their main, main priority, in my opinion, has got to be the wide receiver position. All right, going into the Indianapolis Colts. They have done a ton this year and not really a lot of good stuff. Okay, so first of all, you have the new head coach because Frank Wright is gone. Shane Steichen, who was the two-time offensive, two-year offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And what we've seen from other Philadelphia coordinators in the past, they've done all right with the teams they've gone to. So I think this is a pretty solid move from the Colts who are going to need a lot of offensive help because they're going to most likely draft a quarterback and then they have a lot of young players as well. And then they also bring in, um, for the offensive coordinator, again, more offense, is Jim Bob Cooter, who was the three-time Indianapolis offensive assistant. So he's staying in that system, and hopefully he can learn a lot from Shane Steichen. But this team has lost a lot of veterans, and they're about to turn into a ridiculously young team. So obviously Matt Ryan is gone. Stephon Gilmore is gone. Yannick Ngakwe is gone. The safety Rodney McLeod is gone. Linebacker... Bobby Okarike, and then wide receiver Paris Campbell. Okay, so to me, those aren't huge losses, but there's a lot of veteran leadership that is now gone, and you bring in a lot of younger guys. So we got Gardner Minshew, defensive end Sam Samson Ibukam, 
wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie, which is a pretty good pickup from Buffalo, and then kicker Matt Gay. Those are kind of their biggest pickups so far. Honestly, it's all going to revolve around the quarterback that they grab, right? I saw a post the other day that said the Indianapolis offense could be deadly, and it subbed in uh, Anthony Richardson as their quarterback. So you got Anthony Richardson right now. Here's their here's their top five, right? Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Isaiah McKenzie. I'm honestly not scared by that offense. I know Jonathan Taylor's a menace, but he had a really fall-off year last year, so now he doesn't scare me as much anymore. I think Anthony Richardson could also be a bust, and Michael Pittman Jr. is your number one wide receiver. I'm sorry. I know the guy is great, but if he's your number one wide receiver, I'm still not overly terrified. Off, off an offensive line that is good, but not as great as they used to be. So this is a Colts team that is going to be fighting with the Texans for, I believe, last in the division, especially since they are going to be getting a good quarterback as well, and they are getting some weapons because I don't think the I don't think the Colts are going to be drafting a receiver anymore, so this is who they have. So what I really think they need, because they have the fourth overall pick, obviously they're going to go for a quarterback. Now at this point, you can expect that well, you have the big three. Okay, so you have... C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. Those are got to be the big three. I'm not huge on Anthony Richardson. I obviously said the other two were my favorites. The picks go Carolina Panthers 1, Houston Texans 2, Arizona Cardinals 3, and they will not pick a quarterback. They might trade, but I honestly think they really want Will Anderson Jr. at that third spot because they need the defensive line help ridiculously. And then you got the Colts at 4. So the Colts are going to be left with Whichever quarterback is not up after the first two picks, whether it's CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and they're entering Anthony Richardson, or Anthony Richardson goes first, the Texans pick Stroud or Young, and then the Colts get whoever is left there. I don't see the Texans picking Anthony Richardson. They really haven't been showing signs of that yet. So if Anthony Richardson doesn't go first to the Panthers, I think he'll fall to the Colts at number four. Again, he could be fantastic and we've saw and we've seen what Shane Steichen can do with Jalen Hurts so there is potential there but for his rookie year I'm not super high on him right and then outside of that I think you need tight end and offensive line which is kind of the same thing but their tight end right now is Kylan Granson who I've never heard of before so I don't really trust him that much and then the rest of the offensive line obviously they're all right led by Quentin Nelson but they had a serious fall off year last year and they need some help they were 31st in QB sacked last year. Okay, not great. Now, obviously, Matt Ryan didn't play well, but still, it shows what they weren't able to do. So, in my opinion, your first pick goes to the quarterback. The next pick you have is the 35th overall pick in the second round. To me, that's got to go to an offensive line, most likely. Tight end, I think you can pick up later. Um, unless, I his name escapes me, but the freak from Georgia who's a tight end, if he doesn't go in the first round, I could definitely see him going to the Indianapolis Colts at 35 overall. So Anthony Richardson is most likely who they're going to stick with or C.J. Stroud because I got a feeling the Texans are going to go more towards the Bryce Young route. So that quarterback system will be great. Help out the defensive line. Help out the offensive line. The defense actually was surprisingly decent last year. They were like, between 15 and 20 in most categories, they weren't at the bottom of the pack, but their offense wasn't able to produce anything. So I think that you have to stick to the offensive side and really help out your rookie quarterback, whoever he is, by beefing up that offensive line.
All right, guys, that wraps things up for the AFC South. We're going to flip things over to the blue side and get into the NFC South. Now, the talk of this division is most is definitely, not even most likely, is definitely the Carolina Panthers. They've been doing the most stuff this offseason, and I got to say, it's been nuts, and it's been amazing for this team. At one point, I was like, well, the Falcons look pretty good. If they get Lamar Jackson, they'll they'll get themselves ramped up. Um, the New Orleans Saints getting Derek Carr. We'll talk about him in a second, but that might help them up. Mm-mm. This division right now, the favorite has got to be the Carolina Panthers. Listen to all they've done so far. First of all, they clear out their coaching staff and they get all new people. Head coach Frank Wright, who we obviously know has done a pretty good job, had done a pretty good job with the Indianapolis Colts. Offensive coordinator Thomas Brown, who was the assistant head coach for the Rams last year, and I think I think worked on the more of the defensive side of things. Uh, the defensive coordinator is Ahiro Avero, who was the defensive coordinator for Denver last year, and we all know how crazy that defensive was. So I think this Carolina defense could be a little bit scarier just simply with the coach coming in, right? Okay, then we all know they traded for the number one overall pick. Here's what they gave for it. Their first overall pick this year, which was the number nine overall pick, their second round pick, which was 61, the first rounder next year, and a second rounder two years after that, as well as DJ Moore, who I consider to be their number one wide receiver. Okay, so it was a lot, but this team is ready to go all out and grab their number one quarterback. I was suspicious of this trade until I saw who they went to replace DJ Moore. How about Adam Thielen and DJ Chark? Okay, now it just became 100% worth it. If you're going to grab say a C.J. Stroud, a Bryce Young, or an Anthony Richardson to go with Adam Thielen, D.J. Chark, Terrence Marshall Jr. is there was their other number one, was going to be their one wide receiver until they got those two guys. Um, how about Hayden Hurst at the tight end spot? And then you go and grab Miles Sanders because you lose Devontae Foreman. Dante Foreman. So right now, this starting lineup is going to look like whoever their number one quarterback is, Miles Sanders with Chuba Hubbard, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall Jr., and Hayden Hurst. Okay, that just became a really scary lineup and has to be considered the favorite as the offensive sides for the a- for the NFC South. I I was absolutely blown away by how much they were able to do so recently. Then we look on the defensive side. Safety Von Bell from the Cincinnati Bengals. Defensive lineman Shai Tuttle. And also defensive interior Deshaun Williams. Now, they lost Matt Iadonis and Corey Littleton on the defensive side, but I think that the, who they replaced are better than those two previous guys. So you beef up the defense. You absolutely stack your offensive specialty players. You're in a weak division. You're going to grab the number one overall pick with a quarterback. This, they're set. They are very set. And I have, I'm, I'm crediting this, this front office and this coaching staff because it has had some questionable calls as of late, and now they've got the receivers, the tight end. They're going to have a quarterback. They've got the running backs. They, they were close to putting up a run at the end of last year and battling for that division. Now, I consider it theirs to lose. Now, let's move into the other one that I think is going to contend a little bit, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Now, the Saints, obviously, the biggest thing they've done this offseason has to be the trade for Derek Carr, right? Huge, huge trade. Probably the best on the market for this team. I, I definitely think he matches their style of play. He's got the receivers to work with with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas, who they re-signed this year. But now he's also got a dual running back core 
with Alvin Kamara and who they also signed. Uh, how about Jamal Williams, who's been who went kind of off with Detroit last year with I believe 17 touchdowns. The man went insane. So Derek Carr has now the running backs to work with. He's got the receivers. Juwan Johnson's his tight end, decent tight end, played all right last year, but not not his greatest. Not Darren Waller to say the least. Now they did lose quite a few defensive linemen that shouldn't hurt him too bad. We're talking uh, David I need. David Oniyamata, Marcus Davenport, Shai Tuttle, Caden Ellis at the linebacker position, but they were replaced with Nathan Shepard and Kalen Saunders. It honestly, didn't lose a ton. You got Cam Jordan, who I'm happy with. You you bring in two starting defensive linemen. You've got the secondary, which was fantastic last year. So the, the defense will come alive. Honestly, I think this was solely a lack of offense, and then the defense kind of gave up by the end of the year. Andy Dalton didn't really do anything. Jameis Winston got hurt before that. He was doing nothing. So they've got the number 29 overall pick this year, late in the first round, after I believe the trade with Philadelphia got them this pick. Um, I th- I think they need a linebacker. I-, I think their offensive line is good. They've got the weapons. They've got the running backs. They've got the quarterback. They've got some defensive linemen that they did really well with and that they've done really well with in free agency. Their secondary, they really didn't need to touch with. Honestly, a linebacker. Your linebackers right now are Pete Warner, Demario Davis, and Zach Bond. I'm not huge on those names. They could go for the secondary a little bit, but Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, and Marshawn Lattimore are perfectly fine. Defensive end... The one pairing Cam Jordan right now is Carl Ganderson. Definitely maybe could help him out a little bit. And like I said, tight end, Juwan Johnson is your number one tight end. Maybe could go for someone like that. But I'm not I'm not super pressuring that one. So I think just keep pressuring the defense. And you got to pray that Derek Carr comes in clutch. Because lately he hasn't. So Derek Carr has to come in clutch. This is his team. This is his division to lose. I still think the Panthers are the favorite. But honestly, that's the mindset Derek Carr has coming into this. He's got to step up and be a leader immediately. He and Cam Jordan, who I believe to be the other main leader of this team, have to really step up and get a fire under these guys because it really felt like they were playing dead football by the end of last year. So love what the Saints have been doing. I think the trades have been worth it. Now, just go out and compete. How about the Atlanta Falcons coming in here? Not a whole lot of stuff from them, but they've definitely been backing up the defense. Okay, first of all, replacing the defensive coordinator with uh, Ryan Nielsen, five-year co-defensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints, who obviously we just talked about, has had a pretty good defense, especially in recent years. On the defensive side, the only person they really lost was Rashawn Evans, the linebacker, but they replaced him with Caden Ellis, who you just heard from the Saints. Also, who you just heard from the Saints are uh, David Oniamata and, yeah, so David Oniamata and Caden Ellis both go to the Falcons. And then on the secondary, Mike Hughes at corner, Safety, Jesse Bates the third, And then on the defensive line, Calais Campbell, who I didn't even know this was a trade until he happens to show up on the depth chart, and I don't think he was there last year. So I know he's later in his career, but he's definitely a name that the Falcons get to use when they're coming up there. So on the offensive side, you lose Marcus Mariota. You're not going for Lamar Jackson, so that, comes, so that means your main guy is going to be Desmond Ritter. Although, although... They did go for Taylor Heineke. So don't 
be shocked if he comes in later this year when Desmond Ritter doesn't do well. So I think the Falcons have a great plan. See if Desmond Ritter can do anything. If not, you've got a proven backup in Taylor Heineke. And then also you lose uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, the wide receiver, but you replace him with tight end Jonu Smith. And I do think they could probably go for a wide receiver. They also got Scotty Miller. I forgot about that. I forgot about that signing. But Drake London is your number one guy because you lost Calvin Ridley, Matt Collins, and Scotty, Scotty Miller. And then this honestly might run more off of the tight ends with Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith. I think of this very much like a New England Patriots type offense because you're deep in tight ends, Kyle Pitts, Jonu Smith. You're deep in running backs, Tyler Alliger and Cordell Patterson. And then you've got some solid and smaller wide receivers, Drake London, Matt Collins, Scotty Miller. If Desmond Ritter can make smart decisions and keep the ball clean, this could possibly be a decent offense this year. They, they aren't going to explode. They're going to put up a ton of points. But you could definitely see something happening. So with the number eight overall pick, here's where I think the Atlanta Falcons need to go. Number one, you have to go defensive end. Calais Campbell... Grady Jarrett are at the end of the career, at the end of their careers. I'm sorry. They have to put pressure on these quarterbacks, especially you're going to have a rookie quarterback coming in with the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield is your number one guy in Tampa right now. Got to put pressure on him. Derek Carr will do a little bit better. But if you can't pressure these guys, they will have the weapons to make things happen in your own division. So defensive end, I think, is the weakest part for them right now. I think that's what they need to attack next. Next, I would probably say wide receiver, someone to help out Drake London in his second year. And then you could probably go cornerback. I put quarterback on my list of potential needs. I honestly don't think it's worth it. I think you stack the team around Desmond Ritter and really see if he can put something happen. If not, you do have Taylor Heineke. So my needs for the Atlanta Falcons, especially with that number two, number eight overall pick, defensive end, whether it's that guy from Texas Tech or uh, Jalen Carter, if you're willing to take the risk on him and keep him in Atlanta, because I know he's, he's going to serve some time. And then wide receiver and then cornerback, I think are the ways you need to go if you're the Atlanta Falcons. All right, guys, we got one more team in this episode. We just mentioned them a second ago. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was a very busy offseason for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a lot of people exiting and not a lot of people coming in. Let me tell you what. They lose Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Julio Jones, Cameron Brait, Kyle Rudolph, Shaq Mason, Donovan Smith, Akeem Hicks, Raheem Nunez, Rochez, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Keanu Neal, and Mike Edwards. Okay, those were a lot of players on both the offensive and defensive side. Now, notice who they didn't lose. They didn't lose Levante David. They didn't lose Devin White. They didn't lose Jamal, Jamal Dean. They didn't lose Mike Evans. They didn't lose Chris Godwin. They didn't lose Tristan Wirth. They didn't lose Ryan Jansen. So there are a lot of players that they were able to keep. A lot of the younger players they were able to keep. So even though they lost a lot, and I still think they didn't do enough to replace them, they were able to keep a lot of their younger talent. Who did they bring in? Well, Baker Mayfield, he made some big news, and he's actually going to be the number one. Kyle Strask is still going to be the backup. They bring in Chase Edmonds, who I believe is an amazing backup running back or someone you can put into a dual running back system like they had last year, but I think he's going to be able to produce a lot more than Leonard Fournette did. And then also Greg Gaines to help out with that defensive line. Right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have the 19th overall pick, although some suspect that they're going to trade it away. I don't think they will. I don't think it's worth it. Who do they go after? 
Well, I think they just need help with the defensive line. You saw, you heard Akeem Hicks and Raheem Nunez Rochez going out of the building, bringing in only Greg Gaines. I still think Greg Gaines and Vita Vea need some help. Right now, it's Logan Hall, solid player, but I think there's someone else out there who can really help them turn that into a great front four and leave Devin White and Levante David or Shaq Barrett in the linebacker spot instead of having to put them someone on the line all the time. I also think they need more offensive linemen. Shaq Mason and Donovan Smith left, and there's no one really to replace them. This offensive line was impeccable when you had both of them paired up with Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen, but not a lot of whole not a whole lot of replacement. So I think a solid rookie would really help there, especially learn from Tristan Wirfs, who is still I believe he's in his fourth year, but he came into this he came into this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense like ready to roll, and quickly became one of the best offensive tackles in the league. So I think he would actually be a great mentor as one of those younger stars on the offensive line position. And then I'd finally say quarter, uh, corner back because you lost Sean Murphy bunting. I don't really think you did anything to replace him. Carlton Davis the third is right now the cornerback pairing up against Jamel Dean. And I really think you're going to need that with this high-throwing offense of Derek Carr, and whoever the rookie running back is in the Carolina Panthers. So, honestly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to scrap something together with a very poor Tom Brady. The offensive line actually did pretty well last year. I think they were first or second in sacks allowed per game last year, but you have to have Baker Mayfield protected. You have to have him trust his receivers. Hopefully, he will with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin still in the building. Honestly, there's not a whole lot more this team could have done besides going after a ridiculously good defensive player. And that's why I think they need to go defensive end to start their draft capital. They've got the 19th overall pick, the 50th overall pick, the 82nd overall pick as their first round, second round, and third round draft picks. So defense, I definitely think he needs help. They've got, I believe, the star power on the specialty spot. So I think it's all going to come around the defense and the offensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So... Out, out of this, obviously, I got the Jaguars favored in the AFC South, and I'm going to have to put the Carolina Panthers favored in the NFC South just because they they checked all the boxes. They have an amazing coaching staff now that they ho- hopefully can keep long-term, and it's really been a good year for them. But that is my breakdown for the draft for the South divisions, both in the AFC and the NFC. Hope you guys have enjoyed this kind of kickoff episode, as I mentioned earlier, for the 2024 season. Catch us next week as we break down, I believe I said, the East divisions in the NFL pre-draft. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Make sure to check me out on social media, and peace out.